Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Hello, Kathleen. Ah! Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I had to do it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Billy! What? (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is Old Hollywood Realness. This is the podcast dedicated to all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Mm -hmm. I'm Philip Estrada. I'm Kathleen Knoll. And we have got a doozy of a movie to talk about today, don't we, Kathleen? Huzzah. Yes, we do, (laughs) Philip. Yes. So we are here to talk about Born Yesterday from 1950. As I have been calling all all this whole time, Born Did Yesterday. <laughs> um, this is, um, let's see, what do we got here? It's a Columbia Pictures film from 1950 that's directed by George Cukor. We're, we have in the main cast, we have Miss Judy Holliday as Billy Dawn. Oh, my God. Uh, Broderick Crawford as Harry Brock. Mr. William Holden as Paul Verrill. <laughs> Uh, you've got Howard St. John as Dim- Jim Devery, the lawyer. Frank Otto as Eddie, the sort of the mu- uh, sort of creepy muscle muscle man who's like always putting the screws on people. Um, Larry Oliver as Congressman Nor- Norville Hedges. Barbara Brown as his wife, Anna Hedges, and um, Claire Carrollton as Helen. I'm assuming she's the maid. I didn't catch her name in the movie, but anyway. Oh right, she's yeah. Sort of, uh, she's. She was kind of cute about too. In the background, yeah. which was adorable. So, Kathleen, what is your what is your history with Born Did Yesterday? <laughs> um, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, it I grew up watching this movie probably starting in like my early teens, and it was definitely in a pretty regular rotation with other movies at the time, um, like uh, How to Marry a Millionaire and oh, um, God, like other yes. like kind of fifties sort of blonde Marilyn movies, and also Singing in the Rain. I just before these, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I did mm-hmm. forget to say that the cost of this movie is by one Mr. John oh, Louis. Oh, no. So there's yes. Thank you. so much to talk about Mr. <laughs> John right. Louis. Yeah. So as you were saying, this is in he- was heavily rotated with um, all of the Maryland, fa- all those wonderful yes, films. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember this movie too because <laughs> being in high school theater, one of the things I loved about this was I knew that this had been a play before and mm-hmm. that this actress had, um, done, had uh, done this role on Broadway and I knew the whole story about how she learned her lines in three days and then the, the play was a hit and she did it for three years before she went and did the movie and 
And um, I also knew that this, well, I mean, not to be, but like, I also knew that that this actress had passed away kind of early from breast cancer. So uh, there wasn't a lot to her filmography, but I was absolutely enchanted with her. I mean, it is the Judy show. (laughs) Uh, Um, Judy Holiday is wonderful. And I just, I loved her at the time. I love this story. It's so, so, so good. I just can't begin. And watching it again as a grown up um, is just a delight. It holds up. It should. I'm, I know at one point, um, also when I was in high school, at the high school at the time, they did a remake of this movie with, um, oh gosh. Um, uh, Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith and her husband at the time, John Johnson, and then John Goodman. And uh, it was mm-hmm. not good. Not good. Uh, for, and for, yeah, um, <laughs> apparently I heard that it did not hold up well. Yes. I would um, say that if anything, this is a movie that should never, ever be tr- try to duplicate it because you will just hurt yourself in your career by even attempting it. It's that good. If anything, yeah. you should just – um, the story behind even getting this movie made – probably would make a good movie on its own so sure. why don't you go there <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's that's my experience with it I, I i love this movie so much it's really great i think it's i honestly think it's in my opinion like william holden's best work i, I just love him mm. in this movie so yes. much <laughs> what about <It's>, you <laughs> i mean first i had not actually i was not familiar with this movie before watching oh it so i mean oh. this was like going in flying blind i and what a way what a oh what a what a celebration what <laughs> a what a just a true gift like this movie was i mean the first time I watched it, I was just like, I was enamored, <laughs> completely enamored with this movie. Oh, I, so good. And Judy Holiday, I could not, just her, first of all, when she comes on screen, <laughs> the first time you see her and she's like chewing the gum and um, she's yes, got like, yes. she's like stacking the furs on the, the bellhop's <laughs> arm and she just like, her <laughs> facial expressions. I know. And like the first, like she doesn't say anything in the beginning of the mm-hmm. film for the first 30 minutes of the film. She doesn't say anything except for like just screaming across the, um, the <laughs> airway where she's like, what? <laughs> and like, yeah, $400. You told me, you know, just, and then she doesn't speak for a really long time. And she just, it's her facial expressions were killing me so much in the early so part good. of the movie. Just the way she was like staring at everybody and looking people up and down. It was just like, I could not get enough of her. I could She's not. It, she an was absolute a, joy, absolute treasure. <laughs> and then when she started hooking up, when she started falling in love with William Holden's character, it just became a whole nother movie where I was just, and yes. she just became even more wonderful. And I couldn't even handle her then. I was like, she was so adorable <laughs> and so wonderful. And I, I just, I fell in love. Like I fell in love with this movie and I got very misty at the, like there's some parts where I just got so, cause I was so proud of her. Like I was so happy. I know. I'm so, I, I like, love that you are she, so moved. <laughs> I, so I was good. literally moved with her, like with her yeah. entire journey, like where she her started journey, yeah. her, <laughs> literally her <laughs> educational journey. I was like, this is so beautiful. Like I could it not is. even handle it. I yeah. was like, this is I'm just like she's learning. I'm so happy for her. It's so true. I know it's like we're joking about it, but it actually was really genuinely moving. Like just seeing the joy in her face, and she her acting was so good in this. Like her, like her, her genuine joy in her face as she was learning, and her like the self confidence and respect she was like she started respecting Mm -hmm. herself. You could really see that, and I was just like could not. 
I I mean I can't speak any more highly of this movie. Yeah. Like, it was just such a sweet, sweet, sweet film. Like very, it is. and you know, it's rough. It's like it is rough near the end, mm-hmm. definitely. And you know, trigger warning: there is yeah. you know violence against There's women, violence. which, mm-hmm. and it's not you know, and it's not out of character for. Um, you know, for uh, whatchamacallit, for Harry's character, no. naturally. You just, but it is you know. like, I can't tell you, there's not a time I don't watch it where I'm very, it, it makes me so anxious. It makes me so upset because you're just like, you've gotten, so you're just oh, like, oh yeah. my God. And the way they do the whole thing together, it is heart wrenching. It's heart wrenching. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there is. is like, you know, he's, he's like, you know, like kind of her sugar daddy, but there is that kind of a weird parental. Uh, relationship that they have and then when that happens it's like oh and she's just so sad and she, she cries and you're just like oh my god I don't know if I can hold it together <laughs> I know it's it really so was you could, it's so interesting because in the movie in the story they kind of allude to this sort of like mildly abusive relationship yeah. that was kind of like gonna happen and at some point you you knew that they would have showed they would have had to have shown it because he's just right. I mean Harry just Full scale scream, yelling the entire yeah. movie, like screaming and yelling the entire movie, like entire he does not speak. movie. And you're like, so this guy has some anger management issues, like the yeah. the the what you, the gin scene, like the gin rummy scene. Oh my like, god! It okay. was just like he's such an asshole, like such uh, an asshole. I was like, you know, and he's yeah. just, like, and then of course he's always like, I love that broad. I'm like, are you sure? You do you don't seem to like her very much. Yeah, like, exactly. It's such a strange. I was very yeah. So character dynamics aside, yeah, exactly. Very strange, but yeah, it was I very just strange. so good. Like, why would they? Yeah, I guess so people didn't understand what love was back then. Well, it <laughs> was an arrangement. Don't understand what love is. Yes, I think a lot um, of but... it's about like you know this. I, there's definitely a message around escaping poverty. And, you know, being better and this idea that by having money and things that automatically makes you better. And what we learned is that it may you may have money and things, but you're in no way like um, uh, less ignorant, I guess I would say. Because it wasn't about them being stupid. They were very ignorant. And this attitude I think that of like, why do I need to learn when I'm happy where I am? You know? <laughs> right. And I think that it is sort of like they, it was in sort of a fish out of water, I guess, in a way, because they were, they were like, uh, Harry was smart enough to get where he was because he, right. he, he learned what he needed to know. But get, you know, there's that old, I think there's, I think even my old boss at one point had a book on her, on her, um, in her office that said, uh, oh, wow. what got, what got you here won't get you there. So (laughs) it's kind of that interesting thing that the, so the movie is basically like, okay, they are, they're trying to adapt because now, now Harry's trying to go um, the political route. Like he's trying to utilize, uh, utilize politics in order to get what he needs in order to further his business ventures. Cause what he's doing, what he's done up until that point is not enough to move him forward. So now that they're in this new kind of new pond, they have to figure out how to work within that. So that's why Billy's character has to get educated quote, in air quotes in order to like make her more presentable to the um to the senator's wife or congressman's wife what you know that sort of those those sort of uh situations but he doesn't have to get (laughs) educated which i'm just like like, he doesn't because he's the dude he's like he can get by with his toxic masculinity to barrel his way through stuff oh my god this is really familiar right now what are we talking about is this the president (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) this so prescient i'm gonna have to really stay on point with this episode because it's ringing too close <laughs> yes but i also love that they're just, like the only thing that the only, 
The only thing that struck me in this movie is when the congressman was like, when she was talking to the congressman, and she's like, you're a congressman. You can't just be bought and sold. I was like, oh, honey, <laughs> just give it 20 years. You'll oh. you'll see what you can do oh. with money. Like, every congressman is for yeah. sale, honey. Just, oh, it's, I wish our Congress had any morals. It would have been, it would be so nice to live it's, like that. It's almost freaky watching this movie in this, in like, where we are now, mm-hmm. and then just, again, yeah. being an adult and being like oh boy oh, oh god just you know of- wow but but the idea they also the idea of like knowledge is power and mm-hmm. sort of like the most dangerous thing you can give somebody is a book if you really yeah. want them to you know <laughs> go against you or question you or 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 question their current state of anything and i i think that that's uh really shown here very much um, but yeah, you're right. Like there, but there is that incredible double standard of the fact that like, oh, she needs to get more educated, but right. he's okay. He cool. Right. You know, he, he cool. He cool. <laughs> um, it's interesting too, to think about this cause this was 1950 and at mm-hmm. the time that, um, you know, Harry Truman was president. So, and he was why he was, you know, he's a revered president and was really popular. So it's interesting. And they're coming off of like, and he was, let's see, he was elected in 45. So he would have only right. been in office for five years coming off of FDR. So I think that there is a huge, um, I have to assume that there is some um, a huge respect for the government and for, you know, because they're coming off mm-hmm. of the New Deal and Harry Truman was like kind of, it was very what we would consider now a liberal president because his, you know, just his policies and stuff like that. So yeah. it just is interesting um, to think about uh, with how kind of the, the, the idea of congressmen being for sale and that sort of thing and, just having, you know, you know, government having morals and such. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so you're just like, and the idealism and stuff. And you're like, oh, that if only, if only. But what a lo- what a what a time to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> what a time imagine. to to where your actual profession is called is is junk tycoon. <laughs> yes, I, I, that's. <laughs> That's There's that was... too, yes. Which I'm like, oh, if only I could make a, a mint on junk. I could, <laughs> I could, I could With, finally considering make all the hoarders amount around our country. There's probably yes. a, there's probably potential there. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, but the clothes in this movie. Oh my gosh. Oh, Miss Judy Holiday, killing it left <sighs> so and right. So good. So in her Jean Louise, in her mm. Jean Louis gowns, and ugh, can't telling even. the story, teaching the children all the things. <laughs> well, she was teaching the babies how to do glamour. I'll tell you I that know. much. Oh. And I mean, well, I do know Mr. Jean Louis. In case you're not familiar with him, which if you're not familiar with him, get familiar. <laughs> Because it's like, well, wait. it's like, yes, exactly. But it, it was, oh, God damn it, I can't remember. Uh, it's like Auntie Maxine says, if you stay woke, you don't got to get woke. <laughs> so stay woke on, um, on Jean-Louis. Yes. Because did you know that he worked with Mr. Bob Mackie? That's right. Take a shot, everybody. <laughs> so Bob Mackie, take a shot, everybody. Um, he actually illustrated for him as one of his first gigs in the 60s um, because Mr. Jean-Louis actually designed the um, the nude um, the nude diamond gown that um, Marilyn Monroe wore yes. when she sang Happy Birthday, Mr. President um, mm-hmm. during the um, during a birthday party at um, Madison Square Garden. 
which was the whole idea of that is just really strange to me. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. We could do a whole podcast of us <laughs> just doing a deep dive that. on that dress <laughs> but, um, all around it. I mean, it's a phenomenal gown. And oh, he's uh, so Jean-Louis is also famous for other things, too, because he was yes. like a huge innovator. And he mm-hmm. was actually sort of the person who started that whole nude gown thing, which, of course, then Bob Mackie, take a, take a shot, would um, <laughs> uh, actually carried on that legacy, too, because when he made one for – he made – the first one for Mitzi Gaynor and then yeah. he ended up making shares all of shares and that sort of thing but he actually um, Jean-Louis actually designed all of Marlena Dietrich's stage stuff in her mm-hmm. during her um, when she started doing cabarets around the world and they were all nude gowns built um, on like this sort of like really this uh, stiff mesh and it yeah. had um, strategically placed um, embroidery sequins and feathers and stuff so that it, she would appear as though she was nude on stage with oh, just ensconced by this giant swan down coat that just that was full yep. which inspired Liberace so like the man was <laughs> the man knew glamour like Jean-Louis exactly. knew glamour like the the stuff that he designed was phenomenal he also designed Rita Hayworth's strapless dress from Gilda as well so he's I mean and of course he also did the really modern Millie which mm-hmm. is our favorite movie <laughs> one yes. of our many favorites yeah but it's yes. like it, yeah it's pretty much up there it's yes. on the tippy top of the mountain <laughs> I mean he is the pays in the top like i know that he's not as like he's not as um notable i guess you could say a name droppy as like your your adrians or your um edith heads or Mm -hmm. you know irene sheriffs and stuff like that but he was nominated for 13 academy awards and he finally won an oscar for a solid gold cadillac in 1956 so he i mean talk about a career dude like he was killing it just yeah yeah. So. And and I, I would say I was gonna say and has served obviously as a huge influence for many other designers and just that um, I think he he was so good at um, doing curves you know like I he mean, could make beautiful yeah. dresses and he would create this illusion of curves he like like even we see in her looks like I love uh, I love those early 1950 suits it's like they're not like the Dior new look suits they're more mm-hmm. like they have more like the straight not quite pencil kind of like like pencil skirt but it's like practical you can still walk in it like you can tell mm-hmm. these these suits were made for like gals who probably like worked in new york moved around had to work like they're beautiful but they're and like kind of fancy but they're also like practical too and, mm-hmm. and um, they're very American. I think they're very the suits, American. The, yep. the suits from the early fifties were very, I don't know. There's just, they there's feel a, that way. Like the ones with the, there's the a sense of practicality. Yeah. You know, there's a sense of practicality in them. And yeah. which is, oh, which is very nice. I mean, um, it, it really, it makes me think of just like a well-dressed gal going to work at the office, you know, like this mm-hmm. is, and if you think about it, it's like, like, I think that would have probably been that customer or those girls, like those women who were slowly emerging into like the corporate world. And I feel yeah. like that's that's it was not not I wouldn't say it's a power suit by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely like that uh, suit dressing that has yes. a very feminine bent. And it's it's absolutely beautiful. It looks good on almost like if it's well tailored, it looks good on any figure because it's all about getting the right like skirt length and the waist position and all that jazz. But anyway, tech designer out. But I, love, <laughs> I, I just I do love the cut and the fits of those suits because they are just like, um, yeah, it's all about the fit. Anyone can yes. look good in them if they fit right. And they did um, they did some great looks on her. I just, yeah, 
I mean, Sorry, there were suit tangent, but <laughs> uh, no, still, I mean, just, I mean, what's not to love about a good fitting suit on a woman? Like, come on. Yeah. And, just, and she it had makes those beautiful hats better. with the veils. Oh my God. Too, like, I, I that, just, that, uh, my most written notes are about around the, the city. Uh, no. <laughs> it's just I whimsy. I can't get enough of her. I just, and it, I love because everything's so beautiful. Or First of all, that face, but then she's got that uh, gorgeous, man. like platinum poodle cut, which is perfect on her absolutely perfect mm-hmm. and then those little stunning she's a maybe, stunner she is an she absolute really is. stunner and um but it also made me realize like i i feel like so many times i've seen these little tiny hats in like thrift stores or like vintage shops and i see that they they really must have been truly made for like poodle cuts because they mm-hmm. look the Imagine. best on that like if you had fuller hair i think they would kind of get lost but they are like the perfect balance on her on her hair you yeah. know, especially the one in the end. That's like my favorite one because it like curls off to the side. I'm just, oh, I don't God, know. Yes. Just, I love yes. <laughs> I love that one. That little, it's almost oh, like, it's almost like a teardrop shape and then it comes down yes. on the side and then and it so curls from one right side, back up on the like end. It's like really <laughs> chase, like there's nothing there. And then she turns and you're like, bam. Oh my God. Whimsy. It's so cute. Yeah. yeah it's really you're good. Like, you're like this whole thing. I bought it from an elf. <laughs> and it's just, and I feel like it reflects her personality too. And just the level of like, it's like, it's smart, but funny. And, um, yes, and her. I think that that was kind of really because it was in that poignant scene too. So it added mm-hmm. a little bit of comedy. And she was like, "Can you do me a favor? Um, can you do me a favor, Harry? Drop, Drop dead." dead. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh <laughs> man, so, she was so funny. One of my favorite so moments good. was when she's talking to when uh, Judy's talking to the uh, congressman, and he's like, she's talking to him, and then he's like. He's like, you're not one of my constituents, are you? And she just like kind of like bites her lip and like looks back at the at the dictionary, eyes <laughs> full. Nelly laughed at that because it was so. You can tell she just like really want to look that word up. I know. I love that. There's literally moments where like an entire like William Holden will say a sentence, and she's like. Literally don't know what any of those words are. I need yes. to look up every one of those words. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Wait for it. Okay, yes. now I have She's questions. Just, <laughs> yeah. So good. She's like, I looked. What was it? She read his like. She read his paper or something. And she's like, it was the most beautiful thing I had. I've ever read, but I didn't understand a single word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's so oh cute. Oh my gosh. But and when she has to wear glasses and she's uh, like horrified, but then so she's like cute. adorable. I love okay, And then she yeah. kind of got on board with the glasses, yeah. which is so cute. I I really love the dynamic of I loved William Holden's character. And I also love that he too. was like kind of drawing the, the intelligence out of her yes. and encouraging her. And oh, I was like, he, this that's is why, why people he's fall my in favorite. love with their teachers. He's he's <laughs> like my favorite in this movie. He's so good. He's so wonderful uh, and sweet to so, her kind and he's yeah. so uh, and he uh, loves it, her in her glasses like he thinks she looks beautiful it, like that kind of stuff is just this is why this movie was so good like every mm-hmm. teenager should watch this movie it's like he, all those things that you're secure unsecure about or you think someone's going to be different like someone's going to love you for those things like it's mm-hmm. okay it's not cool to be stupid it's good to be yeah. smart it's okay <laughs> And it's also okay to not know things. And it's also yeah, okay to learn exactly. things. And it's okay to find. And like to, talk and about the, it. Yeah. The fact that he's like encouraging her to find the information herself. And to, oh, and I know. It's just, I'm going to cry. It's so good. No, <laughs> like, I know. So it's good. so, it's, it's so good. Like this, this is why guys like they just don't, when they say don't make them like this anymore, here you go. 
Like it's just this movie is so much. It's so good. It's been such a long time (laughs) since I've. I mean, if I think about the like the um, contemporary movies that I've that Mm -hmm. I've watched. I don't think any of them have had the heart that this movie has. Like no. Judy, Judy Holiday, and this is going to be the Judy Holiday episode. Like we're going to oh, yes. talk about her and everything because she has just the the warmth and the the like life and vitality mm-hmm. she brought to this character was something else. Like yeah. I just don't see that from movies and actresses anymore. There's not that sort of like honesty and there's I don't know. There's mm-hmm. just something. There was just something about this movie that I couldn't. Yep. I was I was floored by this movie. And like, I have to give it to you. The, the other two guys, you know, like Harry and then William Holden, like their char- they were they did great too. You can just really oh tell God, like yeah. everybody's on point. Like they like, they they were a great ensemble cast. And um, Yeah, like yeah. Um, Broderick, uh, Broderick Crawford did Broderick an Crawford. amazing job. Yeah, so he did an amazing job as Harry. Like, I loathe some. Absolutely yep. hated him. But and you just, but you knew his, you understood where he was coming from, and you understood his, you know, you you just, I don't know, you could understand his motivations and all of that stuff. So it was really yes. just well, yeah. okay. So it wasn't like he was a one-dimensional character, but Mm-mm. it was just such a fascinating, you know, just, I don't know. And, of course... William Holden. Come on. Oh my God. Get out of here. Just could so good. Could you stop being so fucking adorable? <laughs> uh, he's just, uh. yeah. And I know it's it's so crazy too because he had just did Sunset Boulevard. And like, then yes. this movie, like, okay, let's go there. This movie and Sunset Boulevard were nominated in the same friggin' year. And yes, it was. Th- with All About Eve, which we talked about mm-hmm. on my. 40th birthday special, 40. And, um, four oh. <laughs> four oh. And we talked about this, but that was, that was like, to me, that is the year to remember Oscars of all Oscars. Maybe there's different ones, but I don't know. To me, that one, it just seems so, even reading about it, you're just like, get the fuck out of here. Because know, right? all three of those movies, well, yeah, like, because I think Sunset Boulevard, and then you've got, um, sorry, then Born Yesterday, and, um, and then all about Eve. To me, those movies are so incredibly strong on their own. If they had released one year, one year after the other, they all would have swept like each year for the Oscars. Like, oh that's my god! How, yeah. But to have them all three at that same time mm. being up for like best actress, mm-hmm. best movie, you're just yeah. like, holy crap! Holy crap! You know that's so holy crap! Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, it's so amazing, and it's like so funny because um, William Holden was up for Best Actor in Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. and then you had um, George Sanders being nominated for Best Supporting Actor in All About Eve, and then in the leading roles category, it was just like Anne Baxter, yes. Betty Davis, both from um, All About Eve, Gloria Swanson, and Judy. Get, I mean, get out of here! Get the get the fuckity fuck out of here! It's like yes. that's that is just a showdown. <laughs> I mean, great as. Zay. I mean, and all about, I cannot wait to podcast Sunset Boulevard. That movie. We've been saving that. So, trust. It's in our... uh, We've got tiers of lists of things. And, uh, you know, and we we actually pulled this one down because it was on Amazon Prime and it just had to be done. And you had never seen it before. So I was like, yes. So it was actually really nice. And this it's funny because you don't you don't hear about this one a lot. I know. Like as much as you would expect, because for being 
such a like for being so good it just doesn't yeah. I, I don't know why not I guess maybe because it's not as you know it's not as navel gazy as all about Eva's and um, Sunset Boulevard when it comes to showbiz that's true. that sort of thing so I think yeah. being those are more sort of like showbiz movies it's easier for that one to kind of live on because Hollywood just loves talking about itself um, right where naturally. yeah this wasn't but, this was about the government <laughs> yes which so this one's a little bit more in the Mr. Smith Goes to Washington yeah. camp which you know so um which of course you know is an amazing movie too but yeah, this I was gonna, yeah, just okay. uh, and I was reading on the I was reading on the IMDb trivia but apparently Judy Holiday and Gloria Swanson were listening to they weren't at the ceremony for the um, Oscars because they were in on on New York um, in Broadway and they were working on a show together actually mm-hmm. um and uh apparently <laughs> When um when Judy Holiday won, they got back to their table at where they were like where they were listening to it and stuff. And apparently, a Gloria Swanson leaned over and just said, "Couldn't you wait until next year?" <laughs> Which I mean, oh my gosh, Catty. But see, that's I some, read, I, I didn't read that, moment. but um, Real, but that's that, what the. I mean, that's according to lore. I'm sure. Well, you know? well, I read. You know who was also there with them was George George Cukor. And oh, yeah. because that was his fourth time getting nominated as a director and all three of the other times he had put on the fake smile while he saw himself lose. And he was just like, dude, I'm too old for this. Like, fuck it. Yeah. You know? And he was over, he was in New York with them and like, they were all having drinks together. And so when all the, then when the shit hit them, when all of a sudden they won and, um, they weren't, and they weren't ex- really expecting it. I, I, pretty sure probably Gloria Swanson was but um and then uh, Judy Holiday ended up um she wanted to call her mom to like let her know like uh, that she won and mm-hmm. but all the all the um reporters had uh, taken up all the phone booths and so to, <laughs> to report the news so they couldn't even and if one point like George is like trying to help her and he's like hey you know even tells one of them he's like like they're going to go to a like right when they're going to get one, this guy jumps in and he's like this is the very person who like won the Oscar and he's like I, I don't care and so he ended up like <laughs> Like throwing a raincoat over in the middle of the night and like running her to a Chinese restaurant where there was an open phone so she could call her mom. Isn't that oh, cute? That's so sweet. I know. Mm. That I love oh, that stuff. But yeah, awesome. I think that's really cool. I know it's it's but it is to me it's I'm glad she won, but it is kinda hard to believe that uh Gloria Swanson didn't win for that. I'm I'm sorry, I just kinda I'm, that blows well, my mind. <laughs> there should have been like double Oscar. T- they should have just had two, you know. <laughs> It's and it's so, so funny too because it's like this year i mean 1950 was the it must have been like it was like a banner year for hollywood just like so, 1939 uh, was you know yeah so yeah. it's just these this i mean good god talk about a year i think they should have taken one oscar and then just cleave like just cut it in four pieces <laughs> and then yes. each of them would have gotten a, a, a piece of it Yes, and only exactly. with, with, and the only way you can save Hollywood is if all four pieces are united. <laughs> <Once>. <laughs> That'll never happen. <laughs> like it's the dark crystal. <laughs> That's right. It's like the dark crystal of Oscars. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> so nuts. <laughs> and that, that way all the Skeksis die. <laughs> and by die, Skeksis, I mean Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You, uh, a gelfling. 
<laughs> I need to watch rewatch that movie. Oh, it's good. Uh, it holds up. It's yeah. It's probably still stuff of nightmares. I mean, you <laughs> might want to take some edibles before you watch it because Maybe it could a Xanax make it fun. or two. <laughs> yeah, and lots of snacks. Yes. Um. Oh my God. This goodness. This movie. <laughs> um. Oh man. Uh. So. Yeah. Uh, so full disclosure, I have had a very busy day, very very busy busy week, a couple of weeks oh, at work. Really? So, uh, yes. Oh, sorry. And <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about something else. <laughs> oh, and I also was very busy planning um, a, a party that I threw last night, for, which I which I lovingly dubbed the Bob Mackie Gala. <laughs> but there so, you go. <laughs> it's been a very busy, and I had not had time to write my handy dandy um, world famous recap. So I'm just think I'm just going to read the recap from Wikipedia because they done did the job for me. Well, hey. <laughs> So, um, yeah. Sorry about that, you guys. But the party was amazing. You can see it on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, what matters. Work-life balance. Yes. Um, And it was, anyway, it was a fun party. Um, But the point is, is that we're here to talk about porn yesterday. Not about my Bob Mackie party. Um, so this movie, um, is, um, according to Wikipedia is bullying uncouth junkyard tycoon. Harry Brock goes to Washington DC with his brassy girlfriend, Emma, Billy Don played by Judy holiday and his crooked lawyer, Jim Devery played by Howard S St. John to quote influence a politician or two. Um, as a precaution, Devery passes, um, presses Harry to marry Billy because apparently a wife cannot be forced to testify against her husband. They never actually get down to what laws he was breaking so much yeah. other than bribing. Um, but it sounds like there was some other shady business. Happening I would assume like money we laundering, probably yes. money. Yeah. There's, um, there had to have been some washing of the funds. Because, mm-hmm. you know. I think that it's funny because they never actually say that he's part of the mafia. And I wonder if that might have been something due to the Hayes Code. But he mm. was definitely mafia. He seemed mafia adjacent at the very well, least. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking, God, if anyone were to have ever played this role ever, oh ever, and done it well, would have been James Gandolfini. He would have mm-hmm. he would have smoked it. But like if he yeah. was in his like Sopranos era, like right around right. that time. So you, what you're saying is John Goodman couldn't have done this role? I'm just saying I don't like to see Dan Connor be mean. I don't like it because I don't. I've never seen the remake, so I don't know. Yeah, it it's... Could, it's it, it could very well be a tome poem. I don't know. Well, uh, Melody Griffin didn't win a Razzie for it. I mean, so it's, uh, it's right up there I with like Catwoman. She, I, I read that she was nominated but didn't win. Oh, oh wow. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, it's bad. Yes. It's real bad. It was at that time in the 90s when people thought they were like swing was starting to get kind of big and like people were kind of doing like the remakes of stuff from like 30s, 40s, 50s. Like this was was like right after the movie. I think they they were trying to make it esque. You know how in the 90s they were kind of doing that? I I don't know if it was a period movie or not. If it was like, you know how in the 90s, you know, like Hudson Hawk, like where they were like trying to be 40s, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) I'm taking a deep cut. I'm going back. But it's like, it's to that like early 90s era where they were like trying to kind of mix the two or be kind of like that you know oh well yeah okay 
Anyway, uh, so uh, Harry becomes disgusted with Billy's ignorance and lack of manners, even though he, he is much worse than her. Um, and he hires a journalist, Paul Verrill, played by William Holden, to educate her and give her some culture. Um, so she ends up blossoming under Paul's encouragement and her own hard work. Uh, Billy learns about literature, history, politics, and law, and turns out to be much smarter than anyone knew. So she sp- starts thinking for herself and applying her learning to, the sit- to her situation also while falling in love with Paul who respects and appreciates her which we want to emphasize that underline it put it in italics and bold he respects and appreciates her Um, when she stands up to Harry he reacts violently striking her and forcing her to sign the contracts related to his crooked deal Um, meanwhile Devery has persuaded Harry to sign over many of his assets to Billy to hide them from the government Um, when Harry experiences Billy's new independence he tries to intimidate her into signing his assets back to him Uh, Billy and Paul use her leverage to escape from Harry's domination she promises to give him back his um, property little by little as long as he leaves them alone and um, a brief final scene reveals that Billy and Paul have married (laughs) the end according to Wikipedia thanks Wikipedia you really helped a boy out (laughs) (laughs) doing the Lord's work as it were (laughs) I believe the definition is fast and loose (laughs) yes (laughs) sorry um I'll do better next next episode. Oh I please, it's all good. Yeah. That was actually um, yes, a pretty there, good summary of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. You know, that was yeah. Good. There's there was another piece of that they kind of um, they didn't really mention was that also they Paul had stolen a bunch of documents that proved that he was trying to bribe the politicians, right. and yes. so he was he sent that to he was sent that to himself and was going to publish it in the newspaper and all this stuff. And as they were threatening to do that. So sort of have kind of like a double blackmail situation, which was really mm-hmm. smart on their part. Um, yeah. So that's the the rundown of this movie. I highly recommend everyone, please. If you have Amazon prime, you could stream it for free. Definitely take advantage of that. Cause this movie is badass. And there's actually a lot more movies on Amazon prime that are like old, that are old Hollywood movies that yes. I, than I would yeah. have expected. And a lot of them are some of some weird ones that I've never heard of. So I'm actually really excited to kind of dig through them and see me what's too. in there. Me too. There's been like an, yeah. a real, I don't know if it's just me. I'm always kind of looking on there, but I feel like right. It was like right a little bit before Oscar time, there was this big uptick of a lot of classic films that kind of went mm-hmm. up. That's when born yesterday was up and everything. So there's a lot of really great ones out out there right now to definitely check out and just have you know have some old hollywood feeling stuff for kind of for free really you know yeah. it's when it's all if like you already yeah if you, you know yeah if you already um, have it you may as well take yeah, advantage of it for um, sure I ended up watching one called Happy Go Lovely with Vera Ellen um, oh. and it was like this weird um British she was like it was like an all British cast except for her and it was a musical and she, she it's like a romantic comedy with her and um, David Niven as the huh. love interest. It was, it was actually kind of cute. So maybe we'll talk about that one later. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, she's dancing up a storm. Which oh, was naturally. Of naturally. course. Um, love her. Yeah. So Kathleen, we, we have to talk about it. What were your favorite looks? What are your look highlights? The highlight oh reels of this movie that you right. could not get enough of. 
Okay, I'll keep it to like a top three because. Um, well, ju- <laughs> but just some fun facts. When she did this, when she did this um, on Broadway, she had five looks. In this movie, she has thirteen. Um, I really uh, wish oh. I could have. I was trying to maybe find to see if there were any like existing images of of like her costumes from Broadway, and I could. Pr- I'm gonna keep looking, but I didn't see anything because I would have been really fun, even though they're not like Jean Louis. But I would have loved to have seen like what they did for the stage versus movie because you know so much of the costuming especially with her looks it's like it's moving the story forward and you can see her mm-hmm. changing character and um just one of those like things like when we talk about the looks it's also the storytelling and um there's just a lot of that storytelling through costuming not just of her but like harry um oh god like i yeah it's like and i they both kind of change through the end and but my i guess i would say for for like my top three looks that Judy has would be um, number one that white pantsuit. I really love oh, the beat. The oh my god! Suit, which is I also can't. I think she's in that when she does. There's a publicity shot of her and William Holden like they're taking their glasses off and they're about to kiss and they're both holding their glasses and it's like my favorite. It's one of my favorite images ever and I think she's wearing it in that picture. But um, I'll it's have just to the find most. That one I don't oh my god! I think I think, I think if you even go to like Amazon Prime, page. okay, yeah, it's just uh, a picture of them. They're about to kiss, and if you notice, they're both holding their glasses, and it's the <laughs> cutest <laughs> thing ever. It is the cutest, and um, so like I I really would love to get like a framed picture of like that image. It's just so good, and I think <laughs> it, like maybe if I could find like a movie poster of it, and it's not a million dollars. I would love to get that because it's oh just my it's been my it's like my one of my favorite images. Um, but then, um, so there's that, the white pantsuit. I also really love her, um, I don't know I'm, if it's I like can't, transitional. I just want to spend sorry. more time. I want to spend more time <laughs> on that white sequin. The sequin oh, pantsuit. Oh, yes. oh, my, please, let's it's discuss. like a jumpsuit. It's so beautiful. So just, we can come back to it, but I just want to be like on board with that. 100%. Oh, uh, no, 100%. <laughs> Number one just, with the bullet. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like the pleating and the fit of it is absolutely oh, gorgeous God. as well. Like, and that's the thing too. I know what I, I read that quite a few of... Um, her costuming choices, all of this was going through the Hayes Code. Like, they were really trying to just do whatever they could to say fuck you to the Hayes Code, and that was hard. And I love that they did that very subtly through her wardrobe because she is, you know... um, she's a a former chorus girl. He's her sugar Mm -hmm. daddy. They're trying to imply a certain kind of character and a certain level of taste that she has. But yet they were very much like you cannot show her boobies. And there isn't a hint of cleavage in anything. No, not very much. Um, But any chance that they could to show her back, they did. They were like, Mm -hmm. like in their first outfit that you see where she's got the cascading flowers, there's a couple of shots you turn around and it's just completely bare back with like, black netting over it but she's covered in the front um which is gorgeous yeah and which is gorgeous Louis, and, i mean get, uh, on, yeah and i think that's the thing is materials <laughs> yeah it's like oh like it's perfect because they they needed to essentially create an illusion and they were working with a master and he, he and he did a lot of that illusionary things with her outfits where it hinted at something, but they were still very tasteful. And, and you saw that progress even more as the movie went on. But again, also one of my favorite looks is the one that it, she's in quite a bit. It's like her it's like a tea gown, but it's like a dirndl and it's like a pirate outfit. And it's, oh it's, my God. Uh, it's, <laughs> is it I don't that one that has is. like the full length skirt though? It's, it's got like the full, full length skirt, but it's over pants. And then she has yes. this like chiffon oh God, blouse so with like a pointed though. collar, but like ruffles. And then it's yes. got like folky trim on it, like a dirndl. There's just so much going on. And she wears it during really, really crucial time of, of the story um, when she gets slapped around and everything. So it's just like, it's, and, and I feel like it's a, 
such a transitional outfit too because you yes. see these certain elements that look kind of tailored or uh, they you see her even in poses or scenes where she's looking more intelligent and she's like looking through the books and she's got her glasses on but yet she's like this dress is like trailing around her as she's trying to move around and you see it's almost like holding her down it's very interesting and then when she's in these scenes with harry it just it's, it's, I feel like it's kind of anchoring her down almost like like that's part of her gilded cage is this long fucking glamorous dress that she's wearing. It's great, but it's just like not her anymore. And it's kind of right. trailing behind her now. And it's just, it's really, really cool. Um, I, I, full, I would totally like, I want to make that outfit. Like I want to make I that mean, and wear it to so somewhere. Beautiful. I will yeah. wear that to the Renaissance Fair. I don't fucking care. I will do <laughs> something, something. It needs to pirate fair maybe. I don't know. It need, I don't even I know mean, what color it, it is. It looks so good. Yes. <laughs> and apparently that's just sort of like was a house coat or something because she when she after the scene that he she they ended up uh, you know she got menaced. Mm-hmm. She ended up having to change in order to leave the house. So this was wasn't meant to be an outside. Yeah. It was meant to be like a house like, coat. And I'm like, girl, that's. I think is of like a tea gown. Live. Like tea gowns had yeah. kind of had that like you know this kind of open like something you would easily like. Uh, you could put on yourself and I feel like it's kind of got that feeling to it um, exactly. like it opens in the front but she and, and again she's like she's wearing this long gown but she's wearing it over her pants but she and she's got this like even the blouse is conflicting because it's got this like almost masculine collar that's wide and it's like right there but then she's got these really mm-hmm. obvious frills on her hands and it's just it's it's there's a lot going on I so that, that I one I really so love. And it's, it reminds me too of in Auntie Mame when she has that yes. same sort of thing where it's like an open front, but it's got pants underneath it. Great. Yes, Auntie Mame's yes, is like yes. a fully beaded, like, you know, bustier pantsuit, which I'm just yeah. like, not about, not a, I'm not mad at that either. But, oh, no, uh, no. But, but, but you're right. It. Like they're made for like hanging out inside. Yeah. I guess maybe for like receiving guests. Maybe if people like are coming her, over, you'd look amazing. Like her lounge clothes are stunning. Stunning. stunning like stunning. if you're lounging in a fully sequin jumpsuit like a sequin like a sequin jumpsuit with like tuxedo co- with like tuxedo yes. shawl lapels I mean that's how you lounge girl she I mean, is a professional could argue lounger you are living your best life when you can look yes. that good <laughs> yes she is <laughs> exactly but um but yeah and then my third outfit I I really love I, I think because again this like probably the symbology but I love the Again, this this really great mix is the very final dress that she's wearing, which is the little black fitted dress that has the white. Uh, it looks like it's like a dark dress, but then she ha- has a scoop neck that almost has a little oh, baby yeah. cowl, like a little baby mm-hmm. cowl but bias around it. And it looks like it's a long sleeve dress, but then the sleeves are scrunched up and it has cuffs and the cuff like inside is white and they're oh, flipped yeah. up. So you see the white of the, the collar, the cuff and the collar. And then she's got that gorgeous, the hat we talked about before, which it's like a very very fine braided white straw and it's all like in a spiral until it's like a little cap and then it and then it kind of goes over the right side of her ear into like this little cartoony spiral and Mm -hmm. what I also noticed too is she's wearing it in this scene the the, the room they're sitting in and everything has these like a little balcony and a banister and all of the railing is also like almost the same little weird s curve that it's like mimicking that shape it, oh, it's, yeah. And then you see that pattern. And then also, finally, uh, Harry's Harry's robe in that scene. Oh, my God. Like, his robe is so. His robe is cray cray. And I think that yes. also just showing like he's losing it, too. It's like he's uh-huh. losing control. That's exactly even, what I was thinking. Yeah. And I think and probably thanks to HD, I don't think I would have ever really noticed this before. But it's like it's this weird wiggly pattern of wavy lines. But then mm-hmm. the dark wavy lines actually have little spirals inside the wavy lines. So it's like oh, yeah. pattern on pattern. And and it's. um. 
and he's just wearing it at this really interesting time and so like there's a lot of these weird like spirals and curls and curves going on in that whole scene just visually um, right but like it's almost like where everything's his, unraveling you know right like his character is <laughs> frantic so it, his yeah. clothing is sort of uh, mir- mirroring that so it's yeah like, it's but at the same time it's like choice, silk yeah. you know he like probably picked it out because he's like is this expensive i'll wear this then like yeah. he doesn't like it he doesn't have an opinion about it but he just knows it's expensive you know it's exactly. very bougie thing to do you know yeah it's that sort of thing where you're like where it's just like well, you're like that what it just reminds me of that um that scene from ab fab when um when i think when uh adina comes in and patsy's like what is that you look terrible she's like it's a lacroix darling <laughs> darling you look amazing <laughs> it's like it's just he doesn't know what it is he just all he cares is it's a label so it could be the most ugliest thing you could tell he's that sort of like you're right he has no taste he just his no. taste is in the label or in how expensive it is and but it is interesting it i just love that they had him in this sort of like frantic this frantic robe in a yes. frantic scene when his character is the most frantic sort of like it's like he's coming undone it's so it's yeah it's, but i loved it too because it looked it looked like it was obviously like silk and it was nice Mm -hmm. like it was it looked like something expensive and that's his his thing is like he always looks like he's wearing expensive shit but in a very you know it kind of in that like mobster way where you're like you're wearing it just because it's expensive not because Mm -hmm. it actually coordinates you know and um and uh it, it i couldn't and that's the other thing watching this having watched this movie i hadn't watched this I recently watched all of the Sopranos over again about a year ago. And man, there is so much going on in this movie that reminds me so much like Harry and Billy's dynamic remind me so much of uh, Tony and Carmela Soprano. I oh, just, yeah. <laughs> there really is a lot in that, even in that whole thing of just like, you know, she was always kind of trying to like educate herself, even though she was like a kind of like a mob wife and a stay at home mom, she was always like trying to educate herself about language and art and the finer things. And he was just like, whatever, you know, it's nice, whatever. Yeah. I feed the ducks, you know, like he's just, it didn't, he didn't need to in order to excel. He was just powerful. You know, and it was just, I don't know. It was a lot of that, but it was great. What were your looks? <laughs> well, good Lord. So there's, I mean, it's a, it's a tight, like you said, it's a tight 13 looks. So it's not yeah. a, a, caval- a fashion cavalcade as, as it were. Thank you for counting all of those looks, by the way. Or I'm not sure I do love my numbers. You just Google it. Um, I, I mean, I, but, well, I found that some people had some stats. <laughs> good, good. Um, there's, there's just so much to look at in this movie. And I really love her. Um, so her dressing gown game. Uh, yeah. Like she has another <laughs> dressing gown where she's walking around in the apartment. I want to say it's in the beginning of the movie, and it's that one that's like fitted. It's like got like a draped kind of thing around her neck, and it's really fitted. Yeah. And then it's got like this kind of like three quarter sleeves, and then it's really like layers of chiffon. And she's sort of like walking around holding like champagne bottles by the neck and stuff. And she's <laughs> really, and she's just like you can tell she kind of like comes in the room and she just like um, grabs a bottle and just stands there. And they're like, "This is so and so," and she kind of does like a real like kind of like "fuck you" kind of curtsy, and she's yeah. just like, and then doesn't say anything and walks out the room and I'm like I love you for lunch <laughs> she's so good she's like it's unimpressed everything by in the body anything. language she's so great so good uh, and I um, by the way, it also kills me that she was not the first pick for the for the role. Oh, like I know. everybody Can and their dog Rita was considered Hayworth for this, this role. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yes, like I had heard that Rita Hayworth was in. Like, where was it? There was like in the uh, trivia. There were so many people who they wanted, like Rita Hayworth, Celeste Holm, mm-hmm. Ma- um, Mary McDonald, Evelyn Keys, Paula Goddard, and Ida Lupino. And then they finally were just like, okay, fine, we'll go with the girl who originated it on Broadway. And I'm like, really? It's so- not. 
rocket science. Crazy. I know. I oh know. my and god! Then, oh, and shocker! It became a hit, and it's a classic, yeah. and one of the greatest films ever made, and won yeah. the Oscar. So it's just like, guys, it's it not was hard. Her, like that's her. That is her. Yes. Well, and and you know, you were talking about trivia oh because god. the guy who wrote the play, he originally, I think it was originally written with another actress in mind, and she either she either chickened out or something happened. She like there was a scheduling conflict. Um, she, oh, for the show, uh, for the Broadway show, for the Broadway show. So Judy Holiday was already doing had was just wrapping another show. She was already like huh. working and did that. Learned all these lines in three days. Like, what? Learned learned this role in three fucking days. Wow. And then knocked it out of the park on uh, opening night, and it was wow. a sensation. And then it was it was on Broadway for three and a half years. And she it was like I think it was like over fourteen hundred performances or eleven hundred performances. I mean, this is like every day, twice a day doing this wow playing billy billy don it's just i mean crazy wow just so, just yeah. wow um and I, they originally did want to get the guy who um played harry on broadway he was going to do it but um harry cohen the the head of columbia who's pretty much a terrible person uh-huh. um he like he really made it very difficult for a lot of people and none of the actors on working on this film were a fan of Harry Cohen to begin with, but he, he really, for some reason, he did not like the guy who played the guy on Broadway or Harry on, for huh. whatever reason, didn't like him. And so he made it, he made it where just like made it very difficult where the, basically the guy just didn't even want the role and wow. was kind of like, good, go fuck yourself. And so they Jeez. brought in this other guy who he did a great job, but from what I understand, the way that the role was on stage, there was, the guy was a little bit more, I don't want to say attractive, but there was definitely a bit more of a chemistry, I think, between the two. Uh, so that when when he goes to hit Billy, it's a little bit more quasi like erotic. You know, it's not so much uh, like a cop like hitting a woman, you know, kind of how it is in, in, right. in the movie. Not that that's bad, but it just has it's the, the dynamic was slightly different. I think maybe the age difference was a little less, whatever. It was like a just slightly different dynamic, but it's still, I think they still did a great job. And um, I know George Cukor, when they were doing this movie, before they actually started filming, they arranged to build, I think it was like a, a mini theater, like a 300 seat mini theater on the Columbia lot. And they ran scenes together. All the all the people ran scenes together in front of uh, Columbia employees and like crew members to test huh. everything out, to test out the comic timing, to even test if things were funny. And they did all of this before they started filming. Like, oh wow, what a genius move! I because mean, it was yeah. already a play to start with, but then just what a great way to transition that to film and and really beta test. Uh, comic timing, what's working, what's not. And so there was there was almost like, I feel like. Uh, George Cukor sort of had like little systems of check in place while yeah. to, to, uh, during the making of this movie to really assure that it was a crowd pleaser. And he did it in a really thoughtful way. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's really awesome. It's like they really were like, you guys like this? OK. You know, and so it, it's really cool that and also, too, it created this wonderful buzz. Like they invited industry people to come and see these rehearsals and the crew people working on the movie. So so that way and then also just the actors themselves to get familiar with each other and really enjoy working with each other. And they did. They really enjoyed um, their their time working on each on with this movie and it shows. Oh, I think you, it really you can shows. Tell, on this. You can tell mm-hmm. it's like it's so palpable. Yep. Um, and um, and the guy that I've got from the 
his name escaped the guy that plays Harry and William Holden there are these oh, yeah. awesome stories about because they they fucking hated Harry Cohen hated him yeah and so there's these awesome stories of well, when they went um on when they had to go film in DC they would run up these giant hotel bills like ordering caviar and having drinking <laughs> contests and ordering tons of booze just to charge just it to, to Columbia up. just to fuck with him because he was an awful person and he um he considered um he considered Julie Ho- uh, Judy Holiday that fat Jewish broad. He referred to her like that on more than one occasion. So, and, and just to, I guess, prove a point or to really sure that show that she was in it. She lost like 15 pounds in three weeks for this role before they started filming. Not that she oh, needed wow. it, <laughs> yeah. but he considered that's, that was often how he referred to her. He was also, Oh, oh did I mention he was a huge anti-Semite and yeah. Oh, and and Judy Holiday's Jewish. <laughs> But yeah, Jesus. he was he, yeah he was awful. He didn't he didn't want her at all. Like he he really tried to do everything he could. Like he did not want her, and Ugh. it probably it might have had to do with the fact that she was Jewish. I mean, I would just think maybe the fact that you're saying that about I don't know maybe. Yeah. But um, wow. yeah. So this um, but they all loved they all got along with her and they all got along great. And then um, she ended up she didn't like to fly, and she was afraid to, she so she didn't end up flying when they had to go to D.C. She wouldn't fly. She took a train, which was like a four day train ride. And so George oh, yeah. Cukor asked for the guy that plays her husband, Harry, he for him to ride, you know, just like, why don't you take the train with her? Not romantic, because this guy, he was already married with kids. He's a good guy, you know, but like, mm-hmm. just kind of like take the train with her so she's not alone. And that's where they learned, that's where they played gin together. And oh, they, really? they played gin for real. And by the end of their four day trip, um, he owed her $600. <laughs> and they were like friends until she died. Like they were, they were, they were pals. Yeah. So there's like these really wonderful, like heartwarming stories. That's why I'm just like, oh my God, I'd watch a movie about this. Like that's yes. really, really cool. You know? That's so fantastic. So, and I love uh, hearing these stories as much as there's a lot of shitty things about Hollywood and seedy things. It's great that there's these good stories like that too. Like William Holden's parents came and watched them while they performed on their stage. I thought that was Aww. really cute too. Like, that's you know, so like you're sweet. like, wow, these people have like family and like they come and watch them and do that. That's so cool. <laughs> God, that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was pretty neat. Fun, t- fun tidbits on this film. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, I forget. Let's see if there's there any other looks that we have to talk about. I mean, oh there's gosh. her, her negligee when she's, oh, uh, when she's and, laying and lounging in bed. Yes. And it kind of, the one that look, it almost has the illusion again, this illusion of it being nude, but it probably, it's like black lace. Mm-hmm. And it's like off yeah. the shoulder. Yes, oh, that one's so, so beautiful. And there's so many beautiful, like, uh, there's so many beautiful, like, uh, whatchamacallit shots, uh, pro, pro press shots of them, like her in, in that negligee, and they're like embracing, and she's holding a book. It's oh. just like so cute. I'm like, I oh, love God. those shots. I and love when they do Of course, stuff like her lounging clothes ga- clothing game in this movie, if you take anything away from this movie, is like, that's how you lounge in luxury. Yes. You know, follow That's Judy what you do Holiday's after a long lead. day of working hard. You go home, just slip into take a off those office clothes, <laughs> take off those jogger pants, and slip into a. <laughs> Floor length dirndl bodice, yes. <laughs> like dress with a dirndl bodice. <laughs> exactly, a full skirted house coat, if you will. Exactly, made of, made of silk chiffon. <laughs> <laughs> nothing less, nothing less. Naturally, oh my god. Uh, oh. And she, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. There was just the just ta- thinking about like her, just all of her like really beautiful like smart little black dresses in this movie. Yeah. And she just she. Oof. 
she kills it. This yeah, I love that little looks. black dress at the end with the hat. Which now that I think, mm-hmm. of, I don't think the hat. It looked like it was straw, but now that I'm kind of looking at, it, maybe it was like that weird fur. But it looks like it's done in oh, the back right. like a spiral. Anyway, it's just beautifully shaped. But I love that, and um, and even in that one, like they snuck in like the center back seam at the back is like a keyhole, like it's like split in oh, the back. Yeah. So even like her most chaste of clothes, there's a little bit of like. Peekaboo, like no. sexy. <laughs> you, take, you can take the girl out of the chorus, but you can't take the chorus out of the girl. <laughs> I th- I just think it's like a secret, like middle finger to the Hayes Code. They're like, "What can we do to show some skin?" Okay, we'll do mm-hmm. it here. How about a back? Oh, we can do an open back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, John Louis knows how to do sexy. Like he does. He does. Like, that's sort of like sophisticated sexy too. Where he it's... knows how to do sexy without being naked. I mean, exactly. to the contrary, like uh, you were when you were mentioning like the Marlena Dietrich dress, I think of mm-hmm. that. There's this great documentary someone did. I think it's a, like ger- it's a German documentary about all about that dress and how yeah. originally she actually envisioned it to have lights in it and she wanted it to actually light up. And she had a whole sort of thing, but they didn't have the technology for it at the time. Right. And the documentary was how they kind of re- tried to recreate that in kind of in her vision with all the LED and, and kind of technology we have now. And it was it was totally cool. But that dress is like it has like a banded collar. It starts at the neck and goes to the floor. Yeah. She is not like she's covered. She is like mm-hmm. opaquely covered. Fully just covered. The way everything is. And then, of course, the lighting. Like I've learned the more older I get, the more I'm really understanding the importance of lighting, <laughs> even in your everyday <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> and uh, but but that combination of the lighting uh, creating that illusion of of nudeness or um, mm-hmm. and obviously even well into her older age, Marlena Dietrich had an absolutely lovely figure. Lovely. Yeah. But the thing to think about it too is you look at those gowns and like compared to today's gowns of the quote nude gowns, there's it's not vulgar. There's something no, so like no. kind of elegantly beautiful there's about no them. Like there's no cleavage in, a, in yeah. one of those illusion gowns. Like you don't see and nothing's like flopping, nothing's like moving. No. Like the beads are moving, but your boobies aren't. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's there. You said there's nothing vulgar about yeah. it. It's, I don't it's know not how even to, like it's hard how, to describe, but it's just. Yeah, there's substance. There's substance yes. to the dresses, I think, that, that are just not employed today. And, yeah. um I just think there's a there's, there's something uh, different. And I don't know if it's the person wearing them or if it's the actual, like, designing of the gown and how it's, I think it's, it's a like marriage you, of skill. I think it's, I think it's I a think marriage it's, of the designer. It's the pattern maker. It's the sewers. It's all of that. It's that marriage of all of that together, really, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the person wearing it, making sure yeah. it's really, it's, it's that partnership of everybody involved, I think. Right. Yeah. Because you could I be agree. a great designer and you could have that, but we've all seen this where the looks where you're just like, where was your tailor? Like, where was yeah. the person well, also making this too, fit you? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the difference too. I think of it's like when you look at these old of these movies and like when you're looking at contemporary stuff, or even like if you look at like red carpet <clears throat> stuff or music videos and stuff like that, the stuff that's being made, the stuff that these, these stars in air quotes are wearing today versus mm-hmm. then those stuff was designed specifically for them back in the day. Like there was yes. like not they're not worried about how it's going to look on everybody or they're designing for themselves like these designer like John Louis designed these gowns and these looks specifically for Judy Holiday. That's why she right. can wear them in such a way, because 
there's like a connection of the woman and the garment that's just lost yes. in a little bit more contemporary stuff because they're not designers aren't making stuff for that person unless there's like rare occasions. That's why like that's why like Cher's costumes are so fabulous and she right. owns that because she's she this she's this was made for me for my body for my specific need you know and that's why you can see the difference. But when you see like other stars, they're just wearing stuff that's kind of like borrowed from other from like run shows or from off the rack and those sort of thing and they're just no, kind of like no. making it themse- totally making agree. it for themselves so it's like yeah. I don't think there's that connection to that garment there's not that sort of like lived in sort of this is my second skin sort of thing where you're building a character from the ground mm-hmm. up and you're you know you're just sort of like I'm already this I'm slapping on something that exists you know it's like oh, no, it's 100%. Just, you know does that make sense am I just talking no, on my- no. <laughs> I, no I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I think and maybe you you can like this is such a great talking point because it's that whole idea of like a designer versus a stylist and right. i feel like you know are people more stylists today than designers because right. I, think that, I think that definition has kind of become blurred and a I designer don't, but, is not a stylist yes but the thing is is that i want <laughs> to like make a the thing that i want to make a point of is is that like the, uh, regardless of who is doing the like talent versus all of that stuff aside but think about mm-hmm. it think about like when you look at like garments when you go to like those exhibitions and you see like these gowns and stuff on like mannequins and stuff they just yeah. don't have the same life because that mannequin is not that woman you know it's like well, they had custom I just think dress that forms, something... like what, what Leighton told us. Like they yeah. had custom made to them. It's like before they did anything, they were like, "Step one, make a Judy Holiday body form." Yeah, <laughs> we'll but also there. too, there's just like, like there's. But even then, though, it's like the, you're, just, you're just missing that essence. And if you mm-hmm. put that gown on somebody else, you can tell there's a difference of there's just a difference because yeah. that that wasn't made for them. They weren't sitting in there in the fittings. I mean, just like yes, this is like it. You know, there's that spark that happens. When a when a garment and an actress come together to create a character, and it like really becomes like just kismet, you know. And this, I think that this movie really has a lot of that in it. And this, 100%. and I also think that John Louis really knew how to do that for people, for women. Yeah. And like yeah. he knew he did it for with Judy Holiday in this movie, he did it for Rita Hayworth in um in Gilda, and all of his work with um, Marlena Dietrich. Like he knew how to like really sort of like build that. Build, build that mystique in a way you know I don't know but I, I think just, it's about like you I'm, said building those relationships like these yes, I mean even yes. when when we would hear because we have listened to these these older stars you know that like these I love those interviews that are from some of them are long passed away but these you know when they were interviewed in like the 70s or the 80s mm-hmm. and even the way they would talk about it they were like no you don't understand like we had a thing and yeah. we knew, you know, like there was a fluidity in their working relationship and how they were understood. To your point, like even someone like an Edith Head, Edith Head didn't sew. She wasn't no, like sitting there she... sketching out the looks, but she knew how to. She was a, a you know, a, she was a fucking kingmaker, man, with that, with the looks yes, and like knowing was. how to put things yeah. together and and win awards and get shit done and um, and also and to establishing those that, relationships, yeah, and you to know? create that, you know, to create that lightning in a bottle to really sort of like 100%. bring that together to really sort of bring and I think that that's the sort of thing to keep in mind is that that's not happening nowadays very rarely sometimes it does happen where you get that nice beautiful like you know symbiotic relationship between the designer the actress and the character and i think that's what's that's what i don't know it just no i just struck me from this i think it struck me with this a little bit as we as we were speaking it just sort of like i don't know no i'm trying to think anyway i'm I'm just like like going off on a huge example of like that no no i'm thinking because like 
I don't know. It's I, hard to because uh, there's not that. There's just not that. It's just that yeah. relationship and that dynamic doesn't exist anymore. Just because no. it can't. It'd be due to like the, you know, the constraints of money and time and those sort of things. They just don't. They just there's no. There's not a premium placed on that anymore. Yeah, you know? I would when think, it used uh, to be standard the, fare. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking like but. okay, maybe like a Christian Siriano. I could see maybe him sometimes. He's partnered with certain people, like right. at one, when he's doing years, like custom work. Specifically when he's doing for custom them, work, yeah. like I think one of his best things, actually, the pint. I think one of her best looks ever was a, it was this frothy like lavender purple dress he did for Christina Hendricks one year. Oh at, yeah. I think um at a, for yeah. awards an award ceremony, and she had this. She looked amazing, but you know, but again to to that thing, it's like I've also seen her like where I'm just like. Like, oh my god I want to help you you know like yeah things don't no, fit so you, good yeah. you know and you're just like yeah that you just obviously that partnership wasn't there and it mm-hmm. needs to be there to be effective exactly I or agree. at least iconic to be iconic you can yes, be effective to be iconic yeah. I think that's <laughs> you can be like... effective you can check the box but like to be iconic mm-hmm. is another level to be like yeah. a Lady Gaga every freaking time you walk in a room is another level yes but, <laughs> you know but if there's Oof. anything I can impart with wisdom to anybody is build your rela- as a designer is to build the relationship with that with that artist and with that to build that character because absolutely know, once you're able to do that it's like kind of it's just magic it just really it creates a whole nother thing and anyway. to build that relationship with the team of people who will be putting it together for you will, so yes, that they definitely. understand your vision <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> they oh don't leave goodness. a pin where the sun don't shine because you tick them off <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Was there anything else we? I mean, oh we uh, we kind of went off the rails at the end, but I don't care. It was worth. I saying. don't care. No, it, this this movie was delightful. I'm so mm-hmm. glad. It was such a great like one to do after Moulin Rouge. It's like there's a weird six degrees. <laughs> well, it, there's a weird six degrees of separation in this because oh, that's what I meant to tell you too. So, um, what's his face from Moulin Rouge? He oh, won. Ferrer. Yeah, this he, was yeah, the year this, that he won he best won actor. He won for Sarah Bergerac for yeah. best actor, and he was actually having a. I think. He, they were at his party. He was throwing a party in New York at the time. Oh, right. Yes. When the, so it's like the, all these people. It's like they're all just interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it's just so crazy to think of being able to do, like as an actor, to be nominated in two Oscar-winning movies in the same year. It's just fuck, man. Or even costumes. Like even yeah. just being nominated for two in the same year. I just that that is enor- That the accomplishment of just being nominated is enormous. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'm yeah. so glad we did this. Yes, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yes, it was fantastic. I highly recommend it. Please check it out. Yeah, um, and I think it's even on YouTube. Um, you can probably. I think some someone put it out there allegedly, where you know it's kind of got like the white, <laughs> like the where it's kind of white in the middle. <laughs> oh right. You know, one of those. But um, it's out there if you you know don't have Amazon Prime or anything like that. But um, but it's a great movie. I highly recommend listening. Or sorry, listening. I highly recommend watching it. It's it's digestible at any Me age, too. Me and too. it 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 resonates creepily a lot today, yes. <laughs> in a wonderful way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's 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 wonderful to see that even seventy years ago this was a hot topic for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Yes, and and it was and it was this was a popular enough story that it it rang a lot of people's bells <laughs> even then. Um, watch this movie watch it yes. <laughs> <laughs> and well and with that I'm gonna wrap it up with all social yes. media plugs <laughs> so um, Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook and OHR Podcast on Twitter Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram you can hit us up there um, 
we uh, highly recommend joining our Facebook group, um, OHR Podcast Darlings, D-A-H-L-I-N-G-S. Um, there's a lot of um, a lot of listeners and fans of Old Hollywood are on there discussing movies and such. It's it's a good time over there, posting pictures and having a good time. Uh, do um, yeah, ask to join that. I'll let you in. It's easy peas. Thank you to Mr. Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the top of the podcast. Fresh and profesh, as we like to say. Hey, hey. Yep. Um, Dress for the part you want, not the part you have. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And as always, thanks for listening to OHR. (laughs) Bye. Beep boop, test, test, beep boop, boop boop, beep boop.